Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, November 4th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 66. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, It is plain that a life and ends with, to drink is to die. Today's readers are Esther F., Pat M. S., Du L., Russ M., and Kelly S. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, November 3rd, 2019's special edition meeting is 13,610. That's 13610. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them now, to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and medication to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. 
I will now ask Pat M.S. to read the OA-12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Pat from Alabama. Now, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Pat MS. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 66. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, It is plain that a life and ends with, to drink is to die. I will now ask Du L to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca. It is, a pl- it is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. 
to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? But with the alcoholics who hope is the maintenance and growth of spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. And I am uh, due L, Recover Compulsible Reader, and grateful to be here and considering this paragraph because as I was looking at this, I was thinking, how is deep resentment leading me to futility and unhappiness? Well, it's very simple. The compulsive overeater, because we have a faulty thinking, leads us back always to anesthetizing with the food. And the only ones that use emotional nature as an excuse to compulsive over overeat is compulsive overeaters, you know? Uh, normal eaters, they do not use their emotional nature to compulsively eat. Uh, they deal with their emotions, you know, on a spiritual nature, through therapy, through what, whatever the case might be, through counseling sometimes, um, you know, and they deal with their emotions and they deal with the harsh realities of life without going into this mindset where they have to eat over it, not with the compulsive overeater. You know, I, I use it as an excuse to kill myself through, through food. And it says to do so, to blame others, because that's, that's as far as I ever get, right? Like at this point in time in, in the inventory, is to blame others for my problems. I never take responsibility for my own, uh, you know, life and, and things and troubles, uh, because I want to blame everybody else because that's the mindset that I have. I want to blame everybody else for what my life looks like so that I could use that as an excuse to compulsively eat. And it says, but with the alcoholic, um, in order to have this spiritual experience where I'm not blocking the sunlight of the spirit, where I'm not act, uh, uh, blocking that infinite power that now I'm accessing, you know, I need to let go of the things that block me from, from that sunlight of the spirit. And how do I do that? You know, I have to first acknowledge that it's fatal. It's fatal to, you know, have this poison, uh, be drinking it and, and, you know, blaming others and then killing myself for it. You know, and it says here that the insanity of alcohol will return. It's not a if, it's a when, when it's going to come back if I don't address this. And for me to pick up my binge foods again, it's to die, you know, because that's what's been killing me. That's what's been blocking me off from the sunlight of the spirit. But just to conclude with this, you know, it's, it's very uh, important to acknowledge, first of all, that I am a compulsive eater, that I will use whatever method, whatever uh, idea comes into my mind, you know, to compulsively eat. And those are the ideas that I need to let go of. And one of them is resentment. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du L. If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 66 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Nancy. Jenny. Larry K. I heard a Nancy and I think a Jenny and Larry. Janet. So before Janet we get H. Okay, wait one second. I just want to get these first three. So was it Nancy? 
Yes, Nancy T is in Tom. Thank you. Was it Jenny? Janet E. Janet E. Thank you for clarifying. And then Larry K. And then who was after that? Santa H. Santa H. Okay, we're back on. You can uh, add your name in the ring. Somebody T? Lane C. Lane C. (laughs) Good. I've got Nancy Loretta H. Let's stop there. Okay, so I have Nancy T, Janet E, Larry K, Santa H, Lane C, and Loretta H. Nancy T, please go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. So grateful to be reading the big book with you all this morning. Um, I love how the big book, the authors of the big book, when they want to get a point across, they repeat themselves. And um, so here in this paragraph, I see that twice they've told us that resentments are going to kill us, and tomorrow they're going to call it poison, so they're going to repeat it again tomorrow. Um, It tells us that um, resentment, the business of resentment is infinitely grave. So then they say it again that it's fatal. I guess they say it three times in this paragraph. So fatal means it, without life, you know, it, it's um, we're going to die. And then it says at the end, um, to drink is to die. So if we're eating our binge foods, we're going to die. And it tells us why in there. Um, and this was important for me. Um, it's because it shuts us off from the sunlight of the spirit. And the sunlight, the maintenance of our um, connection with a higher power is how we keep free of that mental obsession. And for me, the mental obsession, you know, it tells us in the big book that the main problem centers in our mind. And that was certainly true for me. And it was the mind that always started, oh, a little won't hurt. Oh, I'll just have one. Oh, I think I'll try this new diet. Oh, maybe I can do organic. You know, and it was always that that always, always, always led to the first bite. And then I'm off again. And so this, you know, if I, if I'm shut off from the sunlight of the spirit, then I'm going to die. Because if, I'm shut off from the sunlight of the spirit. I'm going to turn on the mental obsession. If the mental obsession turns on, I'm going to eat. To eat is to die. You know, it's that cycle that goes on. So it's important for me to maintain that spiritual fitness. And the fourth step that we're in right now in dealing with resentments is the first part of the action work to deal with that, to get spiritually fit so that I don't have to live in a state of resentment all the time. And for me, I was there you know, somebody else said about blaming others, you know, it was, that was me. It was always somebody else's fault. It couldn't be my fault. And I am so grateful that I don't have to live like that today. There is such freedom to live on a spiritual basis. I sometimes ask myself, why was it so hard for me to choose living on a spiritual basis over the food? Because the food is hell and what it's telling me in here is that resentments are going to lead me back to the food, and that's going to be fatal, infinitely grave. It's going to kill me. And I'm grateful to be alive and living and enjoying life today. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy T. from Idaho. Janet E. Janet E. 
Oh, hi. Sorry about that, Janet. Eve, gratefully recovering in Ecuador. Um, this is so perfect because I just finished writing my inventory. I'm in fourth, my fourth step right now, and I just finished my um, my resentments. And so I'm just the awarenesses I have about this are just there's so many new awarenesses, and I've just I've been reminded that to, resentment is to refeel something, and that it's not necessarily just maybe somebody I'm. I'm angry towards, but, but what I really discovered through my inventory is it's a whole set of beliefs that I have entirely made up in my mind about people, entire groups of people, um, you know, these blanket beliefs that are, that are completely concocted in my mind that I then believe. And the words that really jumped out at me this time in this paragraph are permit these to the precise extent that we permit these well I don't just permit them I fan them I I foster them I I keep thinking them and then I go looking for evidence that see I told you look at that article see it see what I mean that's what I was telling you I'm right I get to be right again I get to be better than I get to be in self-will again and it's all just a big lie and so that's what I'm I'm really seeing is Yes, resentments against things not going my way, people not doing things my way, um, and but it's but it's more just just incredible faulty thinking that has led my life and kept me in such a state of disturbance and and this buildup of emotion is the thing I I don't want to have that anymore. That's what led me, you know, the, the buildup of emotion um, started knocking on the door of the mental twist hey, wow, you know, maybe um, I'll have that. Or, you know, maybe the thought suddenly occurred. Maybe, why did I put that food on my red light list? I, that, I really didn't have a problem with that. Why did I do that? I think I can actually have a little bit of that. Then, I, then we're in it. Then I'm in it again. And so this is this, I'm just so grateful for the awareness that comes from going paragraph by paragraph and especially from writing inventory. And I don't, you know, I want to live, a long um, life of useful service to other people and I want to be in the sunlight of the spirit and all of this stuff, whether it's resentments against people or um, believing all of these lies that I've made up and then telling them to everyone that will listen, um, which is wasted energy and keeps me really, really sick. So really glad to be on the meeting today. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Oops, I was muted. Thank you, Janet E. in Ecuador. Larry K. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks for your service. Uh, Larry K. recovered this morning. So the um, resentment um, is, uh, for me, more than any other, it's, it's perhaps the most sinister aspect of, of my identity. And um, resentment can be can become a part of your identity, a part of who you are as a person. All human beings have resentments. 
at this point, you know, you, you know, we move from showing resentful behavior to being a resentful person. And that's what those were the things that I ate over. And there's a huge difference between the two, between resentment being built into the very fabric of one's identity versus just the very human nature of occasionally having a resentment and, 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 and being the type of person by the grace of God in which the resentment can dissipate. That's the difference I believe between being brought into alignment with your higher power, you're still human. You still are capable of having resentments. It's just not built into the fabric of your very identity anymore. So, you know, I think as I dig into my resentments in step four, I must naturally ask myself, which is the better identity, a life lived with an, you know, unwanted inner guest or a life free to be a conduit of good toward others and towards myself? That's the difference. I still have resentments that come up. I'm coming back from Canada yesterday, uh, you know, and I get I, I, I get off the plane. You've been there a hundred times just like me. And don't you don't you know when you get off the plane, we go, you know, row by row. How dare someone forge through and not follow that script that we all follow? It's written into the Constitution. Who's Larry's Constitution? No, here's the difference. In this recovered state, I can allow that person to get through. And I can, I can um, as that person comes through, I can think, you know, maybe that guy has, you know, Maybe maybe he's on his way to a funeral, and he's in a hurry. I don't know. I don't set the. Uh, I don't. I. That's the difference between the recovered state today. That it's because of you know this 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 idea of subjecting myself to this process, this beautiful, lovely process of uncovering the things and discovering some things about myself, and with the help of God. I get to discard them as I process through the rest of the steps. I'm just getting them down on paper now. Resentment is no longer part of my identity. It's just something that happens on occasion. And then by the grace of God, the resentments dissipate. That's the big difference. And that's why I do this. There's a, you know, the psychology of resentment, you, you exercise emotional punishment towards them internally. And then I eat and I eat and I eat. And there's my timer. Thanks, Rebecca. I pass. Thanks, Larry K. from Illinois. Santa H. Santa? I'm just talking away, Rebecca. <laughs> Good morning, my fellows. My name is Santa H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Uh, This paragraph, every time I seem to read this paragraph, it always sends chills up my spine. And I just wanted to chime in on this paragraph as well. It's because, um, you know, I'm getting ready, getting myself prepared in this this paragraph. Move on shortly. We'll get to it this week on that fourth column. And they're talking about deep resentment, you know, those deep resentments, those things that I was planning on taking to my grave, those things I've been holding on for many years. Now it's time to release them, let them go, because they have been causing me so much unhappiness and not getting anywhere in life and just taking up free, taking up space in my head, rent free. And so all that time that I could have been using for 
for happiness and love and, and joy in life. I was actually sitting there using it for pain and discomfort and all kinds of negative emotions. And so, you know, for me as a compulsive overeater, you know, for the maintenance and growth of my spiritual experience, I cannot have these resentments. It blocks me from the sunlight of the spirit. And for me, that means blocking me from my higher power. And so by harboring these feelings, it just starts to kill me. Um, I shut down emotionally. I shut down spiritually. I begin to run the show again. Um, I begin to dislike myself. And I, I, just, I just begin to isolate as well. And even though it says here that, you know, it will lead me right back to the foods and just all of that just, just, just frightens me. And, but I have a choice today. I don't have to go there. And for me today is doing my 10 steps and doing them repeatedly. When I have those feelings today, they don't have to be deep resentments. I don't have deep resentments today. I've done all that work. But any resentment that comes up for me, now I deal with it. I don't, I don't let those little, um, those little buds that come up um, in my garden, those weeds rather that come up in my garden to begin to choke my beautiful garden, beautiful flowers and destroy them. So, you know, it says here to, to, to drink, to eat for me is to die. And it is a very slow death. And it starts out mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and eventually stress. And then from stress leads to health issues. And I truly believe that I can die before my time, but I can't die after my time. And this slow death is just cutting off my life and cutting off my life spiritually, emotionally. It's just like a walking dead person. And thank you for allowing me to share, Rebecca. With that, I pass. Oh, thank you, Santa H. from New Jersey. Lane C. Good morning, uh, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service, and good morning, my fellows. This is Lane C., a recovered compulsive overeater um, in Rochester, New York, driving to Cincinnati, Ohio today. Um, I just, I'm thinking for me about um, what happened uh, with resentment for me in my recovery um, in my most recent time through the steps. Um, And what happened was um, I went through the steps uh, probably last summer and, um, you know, went through, went through all of them and then realized um, a ways down the way uh, after having a relapse that I had, I had still been holding on to some really deep seated resentments that I hadn't been fearless and thorough in my, um, in my inventory. And I think a part of the reason why I hung on to those resentments is that is honestly, I didn't want to let them go. Um, I didn't want to share them with other people. I wanted to still hang on to those for some of the reasons that we've been hearing today around, you know, a desire to feel right, a desire to feel justified in my feelings, um, a desire to uh, to just to to engage in the character defect of um, self-righteousness. Um, and so this last time through the steps, there was really this inventory, this, this, this invitation to do a really deep inventory. Um, and if you are someone who is out there and who has um, – who has relapsed, I just really encourage you get back on it and get back through um, the steps and, and take a look at what is something, what are some of the things that we may have missed? What are some of those resentments that we're still hanging on to? Um, for me, what had happened was I, I was not working the 10th step. Um, and so was not doing that continuous inventory. And I'm just reflecting like yesterday, um, I had a resentment. I called a 10th step buddy and worked a 10th step. I came home from work 
and I was literally about to just recount all of it with my husband, and and there was a a moment of interruption that just happened, um, something that happened for him, and it was like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, that's higher power saying, don't don't go through and recount this word for word. This is not the time to retell the story and revisit the resentment. You've done your tenth step. Let it go. Um, and, and how different that is today than from the life that I was living before, um, ways that literally this, this disease was progressing and killing me, um, and killing my spirit and, um, and certainly hurting my body, harming my body in, in a multitude of ways. Um, and so, you know, if I, I just feel like this program works when we work it, and it has certainly been a miracle in my life, and I know it can be a miracle in yours, and I'm hearing how it's a miracle in so many other people's. I'm grateful today for all the shares. Thanks so much for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Lindsay from New York. Loretta H. Can you hear me, Rebecca? Yes. Good morning, Loretta. Oh, hi. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for your service, Rebecca, and thank you, everyone, for being on the line and for the healing meeting. This is Loretta H. from Raleigh. I am a compulsive overeater, anorexic grace with God's abstinence for today, and um, to drink is to die. I came in the room crawling. I mean, I was suicidal. I was at my last. I couldn't stop binging, even though I have anorexia, the binging I just couldn't stop. And with God's grace, a woman who was a nutritionist and also in program uh, helped me get righted with the food. And once I was righted with the food, then she, um, as I've shared, she, she was never, never had a drink, but she would go to AA meetings after our runs together in Central Park. And she took me through the big book. And I have done a several four steps but it's interesting now that i'm doing the program the vision way uh and do uh 10 and 11 i have found there's been things on my 11th step constantly and so i have to redo the four step on it again because i don't want to lose this sunlight of the spirit that i have today god's grace the abstinence and that for me is working the principles and at the steps in all my affairs. And uh, I'm reading the big book again with a visionary, plus I read two pages every day. And this morning's read was on Fred. And it says, um, but the program of action through entirely sensible was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several conceptions out of the window. They are not easy that is not easy but the moment i made up my mind to go through the process i had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved as it has proved to be and that's exactly it has i've been in program now 18 plus years and i do have neutrality around the food and i never want to go back to that state of mind that i was in when i first walked in because it was it was there was no sunlight of the spirit even though i looked okay i wasn't and so and quite important was the discovery that the spiritual principles would solve all our problems and that is the way i feel today working the steps are almost a pleasure and um i get inspired awarenesses from all you and one of the reasons i'm doing it is because we're looking at this chapter and how it, uh, 
works, and I have to work it to keep it. So thank you, and my higher power thanks you, and um, blessings for today, and I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. Okay, it's time for more names. So if you haven't shared in the past couple of days and want to share on the first paragraph on page 66, you can press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last name, and I'll try to hear it. Oh, sorry, I did Rebecca. hear Naomi yeah. B. Linda, do you Okay, you one second. Oh, dear. Christina okay, so L. Oh. Mary Oh, my God. Someone just expressed what I was thinking. (laughs) Let me tell you who I wrote down. Naomi B. Then I heard some voice, but I don't know what it was. And then I heard a Linda. Christina J. Kelly. Christina J. Edie M. Okay, I did hear Edie, so just a minute. So I have Naomi B., Christina J. Was there a Linda? Yes. Oops. Uh, Linda uh, D, is it? I forget now. Irini M, I heard a Tina. I didn't get the last initial. Kelly. Uh, Kelly, okay. Who else? Get Linda D. One more. Linda D, I've got to Linda, yeah. Christina L, was it? Yes. Okay, so um, I I think I have my seven people. Naomi B, Christina J, Linda D, Irini M, Tina, Kelly, and Christina L. And we'll go with that. And Naomi B, please go ahead. What page, please? Ah, we're on page 66. The Can you hear me okay, Rebecca? Uh, Naomi, one second. We're on page 66, the first paragraph. It is plain that a life. And um, now go right ahead, Naomi. Naomi B, ready for you now. Thanks for waiting. But I don't hear you, Naomi. Okay, let me try now. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, thank you. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to fertility and unhappiness. Well, I'm living this in my life. This is just unbelievable. Not not giving any room in my head because I'm not going to go down that road, that's for sure. I've shared with you how my daughter is going through a divorce. Okay. So this is an outside issue. I understand that. But you see, I'm human. I will always be a mother. Thank you, God. And you hurt my baby, you hurt me. And this is a situation that's that's coming with my son-in-law. Now, as a human being and not in this program, I want some serious damage done to this man. Okay, now flip it over to the real life, to my life today. And I'm not going to let this resentment spend any unnecessary time in my brain because that's not... That's not what I'm doing. I don't want anything, anything or anyone to block me from the sunlight of the Spirit. So what I do in my daily daily readings, not only my daily devotionals, I read the sick man's prayer for my son-in-law. I tell my higher power, I forgive him. Is this easy to do? Absolutely not. 
but I have to. I have to do this to maintain my recovery, to maintain my my sanity. And to me, and to have a clear, clear relationship with my higher power, that is the absolute most important thing in my life. And this resentment, uh-uh, not going to do it. Yeah, I do a 10-step. Absolutely, I have a 10-step buddy. And um, no, I'm not going to go down that road because uh, to me that's really danger. And I, I, like, I like being on the winning side. So thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi D. Christina J. Thank you for letting me share. I feel blessed to have gotten through. Um, this is an important day for me because this is the paragraph that I first heard when I first clued into vision in uh, April of 2014. And the thing that stuck out to me, um, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. And a big light bulb went off, ding, 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 bright, 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 bright. And for three days, I got abstinent on my own. I took a trip into town, uh, had a long drive to get groceries. We lived in the country at that time. And during the drive, because I was only three days and not working with anyone, the craziness of the mind came back. I felt depressed. My brain hurt. My body hurt. You know, I was withdrawing from the allergy. And I thought, I've got to just have something today. I can't get through the day. So back into the food I went. After that, I got a, a sponsor and I got going. Um, but I, And I, I went through the steps and I got to the resentment forms and I did them. Um, and I realized where I was, where my faults were. Resentments. Oh, like Larry said, they're so sinister. They sneak in. They take over. And it took me from then until now to really realize how they've been sneaking in still. I got rid of some big ones on that fourth step. But just the other day, I had a resentment against the neighbor. It's none of my business what he does, but I got a resentment on something he was doing. I was right in the middle of my 11th step when the resentment came in. Finally, the next day, I realized my part. I realized how petty I had been. Thank God for the awareness that this fourth step brings. For years, I squandered away hours in resentments because people weren't doing things the way I thought they should. I wasn't doing uh, uh, this work at all. I had no idea what this work was. Even after I did the fourth step, I still was harboring resentments. I wasn't aware yet. It took several more relapses for me to become aware of what I was doing and how my brain was still driving me crazy. Finally, again, in April of this year, I found sanity around the food, and I'm neutral around the food, so I don't really want to eat when resentments come up, but I go right to the 10th, I go right to the 11th, so that insanity of my brain won't return and drive me to the food. I had no idea why I was eating for years that these resentments were driving me insane and driving me to want a sense of ease and comfort in my life. What was wrong? Why did I have these cravings? Well, because I wasn't keeping my brain and my heart clean of my petty selfishness and my fears. Fears drove me to this this crazy mind state. So if you're doing the work, don't be afraid of this step. Jump in and do it. It's, it's very freeing. I just took someone through the fourth step, and it's a true gift to take someone through the fourth step. It just made me cry and feel so humbled that she was able to share her vulnerability and her truth with me. So anyway, grateful for this program and everyone on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Linda D. 
Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm uh, flabbergasted by that. Um, that means really, I don't know, flabbergasted. I'm knocked on my butt by that paragraph because um, it's so true. I think a thing I remember is someone, I don't know who, uh, at a meeting said um, that resentment is hate buried alive. And I thought, hmm, that sounds real. And for me, it proved to be true. And I'm so grateful that through doing, through the grace of God and the steps uh, and all of you, um, those deep, deep hatreds were brought to the surface. I was very fortunate because I was very um, shattered and I was open to doing a really, really deep fourth step was too long-winded but it was deep and uh the deep hurts of childhood and that kind of stuff the the real confusion of a little little child came up and so it began to heal and so today i have it i have it a lot easier a lot easier i have a life and i'm not crazy and i'm not self-destructing with food for today because i'm staying close to love because when you talk about the sunlight of the spirit, what is that? It's an ener- For me, it's a divine energy in the universe. However you picture or view it, it's divine. And I know that. I, I'm not guessing. This force shows up. And unless I'm aligned with, with this force, I'm in fear and hatred and I'm going down the drain. So um, it's sort of a, a march. It's a trudge is actually what it is some days. But I don't have to be self-destructive anymore, and that is incredible, especially in the world today, the general picture. So I pass. Thanks, Linda D. from Connecticut. Irini M. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. You know, I had to be shown how much I was in my darkness by being so bitter and blaming and playing that blaming game for uh, blaming others for my pain, you know, my shadows, they were burying me. And then where there's shadows, there's light casting that shadow. And I never knew that. I always thought I was doomed, buried in my darkness. And I realized I have a choice, something different, a choice to move towards that sunlight of the spirit. And resentment, amongst so many other things, separated me from living in God's light. So God blesses all of us with grace that brings good to our lives. But when I'm holding on to resentment, then I'm refusing to accept that gift of grace. This divine program, thank you, God, is teaching all of us a new way to live. We let go of the food that was killing us, and we're continuing to let go of things. Let go of our wrong thinking, our stories that are such lies that are killing us, just like we thought the food was the answer to all our problems. 
we need to start detaching from the emotions that give us this unused discomfort way of living. What can, you know, what can I do? What's my part? What am I focusing on? What am I meditating and chewing on? You know, what we focus, we become. And I'm so grateful that I realized I have choices to let go and do something different. If we don't change something, then nothing changes. So I needed to be honest. I can't let go of my. I can't let go by myself. I need God to let go, to help me let go. I need you. I need my fellowship to let go. And this is taking responsibility. So I can choose to live in the light of the Spirit. And it's about shifting slowly towards from self-centered towards God-centered. And the key is to be connected. Be connected with a power greater than ourselves, to be connected to others, and to follow this divinely written book. I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irene M., I believe, from New York. Tina? Oh, you know what? Is there a Tina? Otherwise, maybe that was Christina L. I don't know. I don't hear a Tina, so maybe it's Christina L. who could go next if you're available. Hi, this is Christina L. from Florida. Hi, Christina. Great. Thanks. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for hearing me. Um, This paragraph really hit me this morning, um, and uh, I tried to, like, my head is like all over the place with it. Um, one of the the biggest thing is, you know, um, a, a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and hap- unhappiness. And, you know, I've got one amends left that I need to make um, towards my father-in-law. Towards it's the biggest, biggest, biggest amends that I need to make. My most feared amends. And, you know, I realize I've been holding on to this resentment for. I don't know, 18 years, I'm not really sure, but, um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to be blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit anymore, and this paragraph is, like, right exactly where I'm at, because yesterday it was, um, I realized that, um, not realized, but uh, I was having these old food behaviors wanting to pop in, um, of wanting to restrict certain foods again and everything, and, you know, after listening to the meeting yesterday and then reaching out to my sponsor, she reminded me, she's like, look at the work you still need to do, you know, that I, I have that resentment that I need to, to let go of and this amends that I need to make. And, um, you know, it is it is leading to, like, a life of futility and a happiness, and it's blocking me off from the sunlight of the spirit. And I don't want that anymore. I don't want to be blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. I want to have maintenance and I want to have growth. Um of a spiritual experience, and um, you know, I looked up the word squander because uh, that word really stood out to me this morning. To spend extravagantly or foolishly, dissipate waste, to cause to disperse and scatter, to lose through negligence or inaction, 
flow, dissipate, fiddle away, fritter away, lavish, lose, misspend, run through, spend, throw away, trifle away, and waste. And, you know, that's what I realized that I've been doing is, you know, I've been holding my father-in-law responsible for this way that I've been feeling about myself, all these core character beliefs that I believe about myself that, you know, by whatever it was he did that just reinforced what I felt and what I believed about myself. And, um, wow, I've been praying for clarity and wisdom on this <laughs> for weeks now, so very grateful for this opportunity that it's um, coming through, and I forgot to set my timer, so let me know when I run out, but um, that's not the way that I want to spend the rest of my life. That's not the way that I want to um, spend the rest of, you know, his life. You know, I don't know how much time he has with us, and you know, I certainly don't want to pass on my feelings um, towards him, towards um, my son, towards his grandson, and, you know, cause more harm to to him or, or to my father-in-law. Okay. And uh, thank you. And so I'm just so grateful for this paragraph. It just really, really hit me this morning. And um, thanks for um, everyone's shares. There was a lot of stuff that I really hit me, too. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina L. Kelly, is it Kelly S.? It is Kelly S. Hi, Kelly. There's some kind of noise there. I'm hearing that. Mm. Um, uh, Kelly S. Make sure everybody else, make sure you're muted. Go ahead, Kelly. I think it's better now. Yeah. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Oklahoma. Uh, Thanks for your service, Rebecca. Quite a challenge this morning. And thank you, Christina, for that definition. It was awesome. I'm a word nerd. I love that stuff. Anyway, um, I just felt so led to read this because uh, of my experience in these rooms. And um, I feel like that cornflake commercial, I'm reading it again for the first time. And um, this is why we study this stuff over and over. And so what, what I got from this today is this paragraph made me realize why it's important to read this book in order as it's written from the beginning, which I never did in 30-something years and didn't understand there were instructions. So we're here. Here we are. We're doing our four steps. So at this point, doing it in order, we've gotten through the doctor's opinion. We understand that we are the real alcoholic. We put our food down and we're black and white abstinent, right? Now we've read through we agnostics and we understand now that we have, or I do, a spiritual malady that only a spiritual solution is going to fix. That food was just my solution to my spiritual malady. Wow, I didn't ever get that. So now, here I am. I've also learned that I have to work all 12 steps to get that spiritual awakening, to get all these promises that this book offers. I have to work all 12 steps to get that spiritual awakening. So that's where I'm at. Okay, so I'm working this. Now I'm getting it. Okay, so, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience. Wait. That wasn't my hope when I came in. That wasn't my hope when I was all over the place in this book, when I was in my pamphlets and everything else. I was the alcoholic whose hope was to stop overeating and be thin because I didn't understand. I didn't understand. But now I'm studying this book with you guys, and I understand. So today, because I want to work these 12 steps, I want that spiritual experience, I do have that hope. I have a hope for this maintenance and growth. That was a big thing. You know, I didn't have my eye on the prize, that's for sure. So it tells us resentment is the number one, not just one of them. It's the number one. And I'm not an emotional eater, you guys. 
I'm not, you know, some people are, they can eat over certain things and they go on with life. I'm going to tell you what emotions do. Yes, I have that built up of daily emotions. What does that do? It blocks me from God, my higher power. You know, that's what, yes, I have to watch out. That is the problem. I have that build up of human emotions. And what does that do? That doesn't cause me to eat. It blocks me from God, which is my spiritual solution to the spiritual malady. And if I get blocked from God, I have no power. I'm back into self, you know, and then I'm shut off. And then eventually, as we hear, food is a step up from the way I'm feeling. So I do this work because now I know the real problem and the real solution. I have to stay unblocked today. And with that, I'm passed. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Kelly. That's E-Y-S from Oklahoma. We have time for one more three-minute share. Does anyone want to take it? Anita J. Anita J., the floor is yours. Thanks for stepping up to the plate. Well, thank you. And I don't have my timer near me, so about three minutes. Okay. I'm from um, Massachusetts going to Italy. Uh, how do you like that? I, but the thing about resentments, I think of my life, a lot of it was like a fairy tale. I had the evil witch of the West or East or whatever. I had my prince. That was the original. That's who I grew up with, an only child living in this castle which was a little tiny apartment. But the point of it is nobody was real. And I was such a victim. And if only, you know, if only my mother could do this, if only my father this. And that's how I expected. I think that's how I lined up the world. And then I became when everybody disappointed. And wouldn't they? Pedestals galore. You know, I want to say that's how I started life. I didn't know that I continued it because I just I just blocked it all. And everybody disappointed me. And the only one who could save me was me. And I wasn't doing such a good job of it. Things that I had these dreams and they didn't come to fruition because I really wasn't doing anything about it. The point of the story is this wasn't real. These 12 steps, I became real. And like what Kelly said, this time, since today it's five years and nine months when I realized step one, I can't have one. I can't have one and everything built after that. And now I live, now I know when they keep saying, and in the book and people say it, Walking the broad highway together, shoulder to shoulder. I never lived like that. What happened to the pedestals? What, where's the ogre? Where's the this? There are no ogres. No matter what my mother did, no matter what my father couldn't save me from, this, this is a real world. You know, it's a wonderful world. I wrenched my back. It's still a wonderful world. Um, and I'm going. I'm walking around here with a walker, which I pray to God will disappear soon. But the point of the story is it's the most wonderful life. It can happen for all of us. It happened for me. And um, the only person standing in the way of it was Anita J. She sat down now. She lets her higher power, who she calls God, 
He's the one doing the standing and the leading. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita J. from Massachusetts. Anita was our last person to share for this first hour of the vision for you this morning. Thank you, everyone, for your participation, all 475 of us in this meeting, and for the opportunity to be of service the share ID number for this meeting, Monday, November 4th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 13,612. That's 13612. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, Rebecca. Morning, family. Thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.